Shut up and sit down. I'm super bored, so uh, I'm still a little coffee, a little sick, so you might notice um, my voice is a little off and I might cough a little bit, but it's not going to be as bad as um, it was (laughs) earlier in the week when um, coughing made me bend over to the to the waist. I mean, it was just ridiculous how bad the cough was. At one point, I was pretty sure I was going to break a rib. It was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. <clears throat> but now it's more like a, just a kind of a catch in my throat. Um, and I'm not particularly <clears throat> sore or anything, but talking a lot could be a problem. I don't know. I really haven't been talking a lot because um, I was so sick and it was just like, oh. Uh. Anyway, I um, had done little to no writing um, over the last week, which is kind of annoying. Um, We're moving up on the cleanup for Rough Trade, so if you've not read Rough, if you've not finished what you want to read on Rough Trade, you need to do so before June, May 1st. Yes, yes, May 1st. No, we're already in May. June 1st. <laughs> you have to give me a little break. Because <coughs> I'll be cleaning it up. <coughs> and prepping it for the challenge for July. Starting on June 1st. And um, if you're going to be participating in July. You'll be able to sign up starting July, June 1st. Thank you. I should write that shit down before I get on the air. So I don't fuck shit up. <coughs> I do have a confession. I... um. I'm addicted to this game on Facebook called Everwing. <coughs> I simply cannot stop playing it. I can't. I just, I, I can't. It's on the Facebook Messenger. You have to be in the Messenger to find it. <coughs> it's in the Messenger games. It's called Everwing. And it's a little fairy running around shooting things. Not running around, but flying around shooting things. And it kind of reminds me of, like, Centipede. I, I can't explain it. it. It's fun. I enjoy it. I have the whole bitch squad watching, playing, sort of. Um, but I'm winning. I'm in first place. That That's not bragging. That's just accurate. <laughs> that's just the truth. I am I'm in first place, yes. I don't anticipate it lasting because Jilly is a beast. Um, Jilly is a beast, and um, if she finds a game she likes, she is all in. I had to give up Angry Birds because it was either give up Angry Birds or give up Jilly, because <laughs> she kicked my ass every week. <coughs> so I let her have it, and I moved on. I really don't have a topic, although something. When I was younger, um, street harassment and just public harassment of women um, 
was for me it was kind of rare. I mean, I encountered it, um, but not like um, it is encountered. It, not not like it is today. Um, uh, and um, today I was in <laughs> was in Walmart and. Um, I'm in line and my my foot was hurting. Um I haven't re-injured it, but um because it will never actually really be healed without surgery. Um sometimes it it just hurts more than I can tolerate and um my, my foot was hurting and I didn't want to be there and there was a line. And all of a sudden I hear this voice and it is really close to me. This person is invading my space from behind. Wow, you've got a sweet ass. That's what he said. Wow, you've got a sweet ass. I turned around and there was this young man standing there, 25-ish, And I was sandwiched between two men in line, I should say. <coughs> because the man in front of me heard him, too. And he turned around and laughed a little. <coughs> At the initial, wow, you've got a sweet ass. And I looked at this boy. And I said, I am too old for your shit. Go get in another line right now young man and he was like um I said now way <laughs> really quickly <laughs> my next threat was going to be don't make me take your cell phone and call your mama cuz I will <laughs> come on <coughs> I'm 40ish I'm too old for that I'm too old for that shit not only am I too old for it, I ain't got time for it. I I just do not have time for that shit. I But on a real note, I do have a sweet ass. Yeah. Yeah. I go to the cafe <coughs> after Walmart because I deserve coffee. Um, and I walk in, and you won't believe what is standing behind the counter of my coffee shop. I actually, I, I looked, and then I backed up. I backed all the way out to the check the door to make sure I was in the right place. Then I walked over the counter, and, and he... He already saw me coming. And I said, Fetus, did you get fired from Starbucks? (laughs) And he said, He said, No. He said, I'm coming up in the world. I'm now I'm working for a real coffee shop. And I said, That you are, Fetus, that you are. He said, do you still have to call me fetus? I said, are you still under 20? And he was like, yes. I said, then you're still fetus. I said, tell you what. 
the day you can buy a beer legally, I'll stop calling you fetus. <laughs> so I got a coffee to go. <clears throat> and he wrote mean old lady on it instead of my name. I was too amused to even be mad. <sighs> Anyways, Fetus is coming up in the world. He's now working for a real coffee shop. So let's all be proud of Fetus. Um, and, uh, but yeah. So I just, you know, <coughs> about two weeks ago, I was on um, Facebook and I, um, I commented that sometimes when I leave kudos on um, Archive of Our Own, um, I leave kudos so I don't have to comment. um, Because really my only comment would probably be like, oh, bless your heart. So sometimes my kudos are more like um, pity kudos. (laughs) And I said this on Facebook. And a few people apparently were a little put off by it because I got an email um, from um, this um, woman, um, I'm assuming a woman, um, said that she found it um, kind of disturbing that I um, thought that and that I admitted that on Facebook. Um, and um, now she, you know, it made her doubt um, whether or not I really enjoyed her work and um being the asshole that I am I said I asked her I said have, have I ever left kudos on your work because <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> for the record I hadn't I hadn't read her work and it's so egocentric to assume that when someone puts something like that on Facebook that they're actually talking about you um I'd never read her work uh um I don't even know how um we're actually um friends on Facebook if we are friends on Facebook because I didn't connect her email address with a real person so this my post could have been um shared or screenshotted and this person saw it um regardless she writes supernatural I don't read that shit now it's not to say if you read or write supernatural, I'm not calling your work shit. <coughs> but what I will say is that I don't read supernatural. I don't watch the show. The fandom ruined the show for me. I have a drink. I told you I'm gonna be a little coffee during this episode. But really, as bad as my cough sounds. It's not nearly as bad as it was. I mean, my cough is like 95% better, if you can imagine it. Because my coughing was so bad that four times out of ten coughing episodes, I would actually throw up. I would cough so violently that I would throw up. Um, So I'm actually doing 100% better. TMI, I know, I know. Speaking of TMI, I I also got an email um, about two weeks ago um, from a person who um, proclaims to enjoy my podcast, but wished I um, put some thought in the 
to the production values. Bitch, please. Come on now. Your entertainment is a byproduct of my podcast. Not not the goal. It's just a byproduct. Uh, I don't have a good mic. I have a really cheap-ass mic I bought on Amazon. Um, I thought about getting um, a a good... I think they want, like, you know, um, structured content and um, segments, like a real radio show. And hello, I'm not actually a real radio show, so, so fuck all that shit. And besides that, I don't think most of my genuine listeners would find that entertaining. Because mostly I think people listen to my podcast for two reasons. One, because I'm a smartass and they really enjoy that. And two, there's that segment of men who stalk around Blog Talk Radio and apparently like to um, uh, listen to um, women who sound like children for reasons that I don't want to talk about. Because I have a large segment of men who listen to my show that are absolutely not a part of fandom. Um, And I'm sure they just listen to hear me say words like fucking cock. Um, So if you're listening for those, you're welcome. Fuck, cock, bitch, slut, whore, um, clit, pussy. Which is really funny. (laughs) Jilly just hit the dashboard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the first thing she heard was a list of cuss words. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, I um, you know, so people, I don't know. Um, if you're if you're just listening for the cuss words, the dirty words, the dirty talk. Although I do have to say that one of my one of my most listened to podcasts is a podcast where I graphically explain anal sex. I hope it helps. <laughs> I really do. I hope it helps. Um, with whatever you're Whatever you're using it for, I hope it helps. If 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 it was um, educational, or if you're just using it to jerk off with, whatever gets you through your day, dude. Just whatever. Um, but um, yeah, you know, and also I think the education part is probably a byproduct too, because um, <coughs> I ran out of bitching and I had to do something with the with the space. Um, uh, Asher, go sit on the timeout school. Go sit on the timeout stool and stay there. Just take your tablet with you. You can take your tablet. (laughs) (laughs) I, gosh, gosh. That made my neck hot. I can't even repeat it on the podcast for those of you who are listening to the archive. I'm sorry, but I can't actually just repeat on my podcast what Azure just said in the chat room. So I deeply apologize. (laughs) 
shit. Literally, shit. Anyways, um, I uh, went to lunch with my mom, and it was um, my mom and two of my nieces today, and uh, we um, we went to um, uh, a buffet, and I have a niece who's going through... Boundaries, Azure, and you're you're violating my boundaries. But more on that in a minute. Um, we went to lunch, and uh, my niece is um, uh, off meat. Um, she has uh, acid reflux, and she's very young. Um, she has a hiatal hernia, and they're not really sure how it happened. Um, but um, one of her biggest triggers is meat, and so she's off meat, uh, and. Uh, but she plowed through that buffet <laughs> like a trucker, except she skipped all the meat. I mean, it was all vegetables, and she's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, okay, back to my boundaries. For those of you who read my work, you might have noticed one particular thing about my characters. And I've mentioned this before in the podcast and um I'm gonna say it again. My characters do not go to the bathroom to do business other than take a shower or have sex in the shower. Now I'm not saying they don't do that sort of thing. They just I don't write it. That stuff happens off screen. You will never, ever, ever read a scene in one of my stories where one of my characters takes a shit. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It really is not going to happen. <coughs> I also, that's one reason, I actually had someone early on in the beginning of um, Ties That Bind ask me, um, I think I was maybe uh, part four or five, maybe, Um where uh, I had someone write me and um, tell me that they had a real um, kink for for enema. Um, and that kind of thing, you know, enemas and that kind of thing. And um, would I include something like that in Ties That Bind? And um, no. <laughs> I just know, and I know that that's actually um, a subset of um, um, the BDSM community. Uh, it, it happens. Um, uh, there's a there's a level of um, body control that some dominants enjoy um, that involves enema play, uh, but I am not ever going to write that because. Feces is not sexy. To me. Neither is a golden shower. A a, a golden shower is not sexy to me. And if you don't know what a golden shower is, Google it. Don't click on any of the videos. Don't do an image search. Just do regular Google and click on a link that doesn't have a picture attached because you don't want to see what might... Happen. Yeah, go to Urban Dictionary. 
and type in golden shower. Good good job, good job. <coughs> These are just not things that I would write. And um so yeah, for me, um in fact, one of the reasons why I uh had a real problem uh about, it's been a couple years. But I did an abrupt removal of um, myself from the Stargate fandom, um, and I shifted into Harry Potter, and I started writing a lot of het. Um, And people were like, why the hell is this happening? What is going on? What is this? What, what, what is this? Um, And people had some complaints, saying, well, why aren't you working on this story or this story? Can we add another episode ties to bind? You know, are we going to get another season of Sentinels of Atlantis? And I'm going to tell you, and I've, I've I've mentioned it in passing and in the in the podcast before. Um, someone posted something really horrifically graphic um, in the chat room, um, and I wasn't there to witness it, but it was reported to me. And eventually, it, I was exposed to this animated GIF of. Um, anal sex and the um the Azure threw up in the chat room not in the not in my chat room but in her own home having viewed this gif in the chat room um it was um anal sex and um after the top pulled out the bottom had an explosive bowel movement and I um I could not write slash for a year and a half after having seen that gift. So I I have a hard limit <laughs> when it comes to that. <coughs> but it took me a long time to get over it. I mean, it really did. I mean, it was just like because because of the way I am um hardwired as a writer, uh uh Visual stimulus uh, can be very, very inspiring, but it can also be very, very off-putting. And this was profoundly off-putting. And it was, and I every time I went to write a sex scene between two men, that image popped into my head, and it, it was, oh, God. Just thinking about it makes me want to throw up. It is an unseeable. You you can't unsee it. it it's, it's just once you've seen it, it is there. It is there forever. And it and it did mess me up for a while. And and slash became difficult for me to write. Anal sex became difficult for me to write. Um, and um, but I I've been um, I pushed myself past it obviously because I've posted um, some gay content since then. Um. And uh, it was just, it was profoundly, profoundly difficult. Um, and um, yeah, you don't ever want to see it. And I, but my show is rated R for reasons. I apologize if it grossed anybody out on the podcast. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I have a hard limit. And I, I think it's really important um, for to, for people um, to to recognize their hard limits. And for me, you know, I just don't understand people who get who. I'm not trying to kink shame. 
But when it comes to bodily fluids outside of saliva, cum, and in some situations, blood, my knickers of judgment are cast iron. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even. I, I, I can't. I. Mm-mm. What I would say about um, hard limits is that you need to find yours, you need to recognize yours, and you need to respect your hard limits. I, you know, some people tell you, you know, push through, you know, get over it. Recognize the problem, get over it, work through it, you know, make it okay, um, learn to accept it, learn to get over it. Fuck that. Fuck that. If you have a hard limit, respect your hard limit, and don't let anybody tell you that you're required to get over it or um, ignore it or or whatever. It's, it, it's bullshit. Don't let anybody guilt you into doing something or reading something that is beyond your limits. Um, but that's just not healthy. It's not healthy, and you don't have to. You don't have to get over it, and you you, you don't have to accept it, and you don't have to tolerate it, and you don't have to read it. Um, <coughs> you just don't. So you know, I just it you. <coughs> <clears throat> it's just you know sometimes people will um wreck me um a story oh go read this it's awesome you'll love it you know and then i'll click on it and it'll be over on ao3 and it'll have 200 tags and somewhere in the middle of all those tags it'll say rape or non-con and i'll write the person back and say why why would you i wreck me a story with rape in it I told you last time you did this that I don't read that shit oh but it's really good you know the story is awesome no that isn't the point that isn't the point it doesn't matter how good a story is it doesn't matter how good the craft is, how entertaining the plot is, how good the author is at characterization. None of that matters when it hits a hard limit for somebody. So when somebody says, I don't read Harry Potter slash Severus Snape, there are no fucking exceptions to that rule. I don't read rape. There are no exceptions to that rule. I find it super, super annoying <laughs> because, honestly, there's not a story that could be written that would change my mind about Snary. It is never going to happen. Just like it's never going to happen that I'm going to be okay with Dean slash Sam or Keely slash Feely. <sighs> I recently introduced um, 
someone to the only exception um, I have uh, for incest fic, and it was um, a story written in the Stargate Phantom where John and Rodney are actually brothers, but they don't grow up as brothers, and they don't know their brothers when they begin their relationship. So there's no power dynamic there where one brother is convincing the other that it's okay if society doesn't understand them. Because that always happens. There's always this big justification amongst the participants of this incestuous relationship where they... um, Justify them the more the just where one is manipulated into the justification of a profoundly unequal and disgusting relationship. And I, I just it's disgusting. I'm I I know there are people out there who read that shit and you're thinking, oh, Kira, you judgmental bitch. Yes, as a matter of fact, I am a judgmental bitch. If you'd like further proof of that, you can go listen to the podcast called Knickers of Judgment, where um, I lay all that out. Because <laughs> I don't. But the one fic in <coughs> Stargate is John and Rodney. And um, I was like, whoa, whoa, what'd you do? <laughs> and they don't stop. <laughs> but. It's, but it is genuinely different because they did not know they were related when their relationship began. And there's no um, manipulation or power dynamic going on there where one is manipulating the other one into having sex, um, which is just like uh, – I think for me it boils down to consent. Um and when you manipulate somebody else into engaging um, in any kind of in any kind of sex act, uh, um, it stops being consensual. Uh, when you prey on somebody's weaknesses, or you use, um, or you emotionally blackmail them into doing um, something they would not normally do, that that is an issue of consent. And I just, I I have issues with that. I have issues with writers who ignore that. Um, One of my biggest issues in Harry Potter um, is how dismissive um, they are about the love potion that Ron Weasley is um, exposed to that that was meant for Harry and how the person who did it was never punished. I mean, you you never see her... um, being brought to task for that um and while it wasn't physical it was definitely emotional and mental abuse um (coughs) that was meant for harry and ended up on ron and while ron's not my favorite character this is still a moment in the harry potter series where i think to myself what the fuck what literally what the fuck and Just oh, I you just, oh. and it's kind of why the potion thing is a big trope in um in Harry Potter because <coughs> because a lot of people go wait what the fuck what the fuck really what the fuck <coughs> but, 
but one one night I decided to explore the supernatural fandom. I'd never watched the show, but I had a friend who was watching the show, and she highly recommended it because Jensen Ackles is so beautiful. Okay, I agree. Jensen Jensen Ackles is beautiful, so I'm gonna go over there and check it out. But before I checked out the show, I was curious, and so I went on. Um, I went around and I um, checked out the fandom, and was so absolutely horrified by the content of the fandom um, that um, I I did not cross myself, but because I'm an atheist, but I came as close as I've ever done. To, to such a thing, and I um, never went back there again. Never, ever went back there. And because of <coughs> my fandom experience, I was completely and utterly unprepared to watch the show. But I will say this, Supernatural fans, fandom, are you listening? When your fucked up OTP is so fucked up, the creators of a show actually introduce a hot-ass angel to the show to deflect from your nasty-ass OTP, you know you got a problem. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You might have a problem. Bless your heart. <laughs> I just because sometimes I see, sometimes I see something. I'll be on AMO three, like, oh, this looks great. Oh no, that's not great. Oh my god. Oh my god. Bless your heart. And the worst thing that can happen on AO three is an accidental kudos because you can't take that shit back. <clears throat> you've kudos something you didn't mean to kudo or you were trying to exit out and then you're stuck with it and you can't oh you can't unkudo. You can't. There is no unkudo. And there should be. And that's why I never, ever, ever I work really hard not to kudo anything that's not complete. Because what if the author does something fucked up and I can't take my kudo back? I'm just saying. I'll be over there. I'll go, oh, this is great. This is great. Oh, my God. What did you do? Oh, my God. I'm holding my head. <laughs> All fucked up. <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't unkudo you. It's terrible. <laughs> what did you do? <coughs> I don't actually... Um, watch or read Game of Thrones. So I don't have an opinion about the twincess um in um in, in Game of Thrones. It's it's just gross. It's it's gross. I don't know. But I don't have an educated opinion about it because I haven't watched it and I haven't read it. Um I haven't read it because I mean even though I've heard it's amazing. Um because too many people die. And I don't like that in case you missed it. I don't like character death. It's like oh Oh, you don't want to get... I would have been very invested in Jason Momoa's character, who I know dies in the series. I... No. I'm just not going to do it. 
<clears throat> if, um, if, Azure said, if she wasn't a good fandom citizen, she'd comment with, I uncudo you. There have been times, there have absolutely been times where I wanted to, like, respond to a fic with, oh, my God, how dare you? <laughs> what? What? What'd you do? How dare you? <laughs> this isn't what we agreed on. <laughs> So I know, I know there are probably readers out there who think the same thing about my work. They'll be reading, <coughs> they'll be reading along and along, along, along. They don't kill Snape. They'll be like, oh God, how dare you, Kira? <laughs> we had something. <laughs> Why'd you have to kill Snape? I hate him. That's why I killed him. <laughs> Oh God! Um, if someone surprised me with a thirteen-year-old Harry with any adult in the series, I can't guarantee I wouldn't cuss them out. Sorka says, "Speaking of character death, I got a three-paragraph feedback bitching that I sidelined Carson Beckett. I hope they're not reading my work." <laughs> <laughs> I really fucked I really fucked Carson Beckett over and um hold my coffee. <coughs> and if you're curious as to why I did I, why I did that, um I don't actually have a reason. Um just when I was plotting it out, I thought to myself, "Huh. Who's going to be an asshole in this series? And so I made a list of people who are going to be assholes in the series, and Carson Beckett made that list. Oh, thank you. Um, his ethics were terribly skewed. Um, in the show, I mean, he he was not the most ethical. Um, really, all of them were were kind of terrible in that in that regard. Um. Uh, anyways, um, what was I saying? Yeah, I have a, I have redeemed Snape in several stories, and I'm not saying that I won't do it in the future. I'm just saying that I like killing him, and I don't see anything wrong with that. J.K. Rowling did it. Why can't I? I'm just saying, if Joanne can kill him in book seven, I don't see why I can't kill him. And he honestly didn't need to be thrown off the astronomy tower. If anybody needed to be thrown off the astronomy tower, it's Snape. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I... <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when um I'm, um, I'm thinking about, uh, what I'm going to talk about on my podcast, I, I try to think about the audience outside of the chat room and how they're going to um, um, respond and follow along with um, what's happening. Because um, this is a live broadcast, but it'll be later a podcast and it'll be available on iTunes to download because that, that's how Blog Talk works. And um, people will be able to listen to it archived on um, Bog Talk Radio, um, which you can do without any hits to my bandwidth. So 
please feel free to, to listen to all you want because um, it's on their site, not mine. Um, even my little radio icon thing on my site where you can listen on my site is actually funneled through blog talk. So it's not hitting my bandwidth at all. So um, no worries on that front because someone did it, um, did have that as a concern. Um, I... Um, so I often wonder, uh, you know, just how valuable people outside um, on the chat room find the podcast, um, especially podcasts um, when, when it comes to craft, because they're not able to participate and ask questions like those of you in the chat room. So it's really, I think, valuable in the chat room is if you have questions about craft when we're doing a pitch craft show um, to ask them because you could be asking a question that somebody else has in the podcast audience who's not there to ask the question so if you have a question um, please make sure it's heard and seen because um, you could be uh, kind of acting as a surrogate for somebody who's in the podcast audience who's not able to listen to the live broadcast and um, you'll be um, asking a question that maybe they have and they'll be able to get an answer to their question. Um, And of course, always, always, if you have a question um, about something that comes up in the podcast, you can email me or use the contact on my site um, as long as you're not an asshole. Because if you're an asshole, I'm going to be an asshole back. What's really interesting about that is that a lot of people think it's really funny when I tell a story about me being an asshole to somebody or being a smart ass to somebody <coughs> or I um, um, and they just think that's really fucking hilarious right for me to call somebody on their bullshit um, and they're perfectly fine with that until I call them on their bullshit and then I'm an asshole I'll tell you a story there was somebody I was friends with on, on Facebook, um, and apparently they were very interested in getting free books. Um, and there was these authors in this group um, holding contests where if you commented on their contest thread and tagged your friends, um, you'd be entered into a contest to win a free book. This person used tagged me 40 times in two days now what's interesting (laughs) beyond how aggravating that is in my notifications on facebook i have it set up so if somebody tags me on facebook as kira um i get an email because most of the time, people don't tag me unless they want my attention, and it's for RT or um, now for Wild Hair, or they have a question about my site. So people aren't just tagging me willy-nilly on things um, as a rule. So I have stuff in my email, so I'll get an email if I, if I get tagged. I got 40 emails in two days. Not even more than 40, maybe a little less. It was definitely over 35. Um I sent her a note on Facebook, and I told her to pick a new victim. And apparently, that was a terrible, horrible, no good thing for me to say. Oh, my God, I slapped her face. I hurt her feelings. Oh, my God, um, I'm an evil. I'm, people think I'm funny, but I'm not. She said, people think you're funny, but you're really just mean. 
I unfriended her. <laughs> because <coughs> I personally think telling her to pick a new victim was kind. And if she thinks that was me being mean, then obviously we needed to part ways before our relationship became toxic. More toxic. <laughs> I don't even... <coughs> I don't even know. I don't. I don't understand. But anyways, what I was saying is, is that people think I'm funny when um, I'm being um, sarcastic or rude to somebody else. But when they do something I think is fucked up and I'm rude, sarcastic to them, then suddenly I'm an evil, terrible, horrible, no good bitch. And um, they don't know how they ever thought I was funny or entertaining. Blah 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 blah. blah. Oh fuck all that. For the record, I don't really want to be tagged on those free book things. <laughs> Just to let you know, I'm not interested in that. I'm really not. <coughs> I got a new dog. Um, uh, his name is Kronos. Um, when I first got him for the first 12, 13 hours, um... His name was Freya because I thought it was a girl. This is not a girl. So, Kronos, um, he's a Siberian husky, and my parents rescued him. And um, uh, he's um, he's adjusting, and um, he's very needy, um, and um, very, very much an attention whore. Um, but um, he doesn't have any aggression problems, no food aggression or anything like that. So that's really good. He's just very needy and um, um, it's going to require a lot of time to kind of settle him down and, and, and get him used to um, our house routine and, and how we do things and, um, you know, teach him how to um, meet our expectations because I don't think he's ever met anybody's expectations. They didn't spend any time with him. He's 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 nine to twelve months old. Um, he's not leash trained. He's not crate trained. Um, he can sit, but he doesn't know how to stay. Um, he. Kronos, K-R-O-N-O-S, Kronos, the god of time, because he stole all of our sleep. <laughs> he stole our sleepy time, so we, we named him Kronos, the god of time. Um, and um, at any rate, uh, he's um, he's very sweet, and um, but his. Um, he only weighs thirty six pounds, but he's 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 a we're pretty sure he's a full Siberian husky. Um he is a good fifteen pounds under his ideal weight for his age. Um and we think that maybe um there was an issue with food in the past that might have stunted his growth. Um he's only um a couple of inches taller than my Jack Russell. So he might end up basically being a little mini Siberian husky. He might not ever get any bigger. Um he's adorable. Um and I'm sad that he was um that, that something did this that he's kind of stunted or um I guess it could be a form of dwarfism, but he doesn't have any of the other um, um, issues. He's perfectly proportioned. Um, he's just 
short. <laughs> he only weighs 36 pounds, and he's fucking adorable. There's a picture on my Facebook. You can see him on my Facebook. Um, if you look at my pictures, if you're um, one of my friends on Facebook. Um, but uh, he's um, he's just adorable and um, very, uh, very, but like I said, very needy. And um, he has some discipline issues. But we're going to do some training, and we'll work all that out. <coughs> He's not my first Siberian Husky, so I um, I understand the breed very well, and um, I I get the stubbornness, and um, I don't know. Um, Siberian Husky, a genuine Siberian Husky, um, their max weight even on the big end would be 90 pounds, and anything over 90 w- would be considered obese, and because um, they're a they're a lean muscled working dog. Um, his ideal weight would be between 60 and 75 pounds. Uh, if he hit anywhere over 100, I would probably question whether or not he was part Malamute. Um, but uh, I just don't think he is. I just... Um, so, at any rate... My sister had a uh, German Shepherd who got close to 200 pounds. Big ass, giant dog. That is it. <laughs> that is exactly what he looks like, Sorka. That is exactly what he looks like. He's just the cutest little thing I've ever seen. Um, but again, uh, there are papers on him um, because my parents know the person that they that they rescued him from, and it's a, it's a very terrible personal situation that I won't get onto on the podcast. So he does have papers. Um, so unless um, something unfortunate happened, um, anyways, um, <clears throat> unless the corgi jumped the fence. <laughs> But he is short, like he's he's a, he, like I said, he's a little bit taller than my Jack Russell, um, and 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 he only weighs thirty six pounds. But he's super strong. I mean, I wouldn't put him as strong as my last um, husky as an adult. Um, and Sol, um, Cisco, Cisco, I I'm gonna say probably um, could pull two fifty, three hundred pounds. Easily. Um, and I would say that Kronos is um, probably um, pulling at about 100 pounds right now, um, which for his size is amazing. I mean, he <laughs> for his size, that's just pretty great. He's very strong-bodied um, to um, to be as small as he is. Um, <coughs> I don't even know what you mean by that. Penguin, the, the Penguins one. If you listen to hockey, the Penguins won. Um, listen, if you watch hockey, sorry. <laughs> I do know the difference between, like, um, um, the sports. So I'm, I'm not completely um, sports illiterate. Yeah. 
also um, in my mailbox this week, I got an email from um, someone who is um, reading Hold My Coffee. And um, (laughs) she was talking about... um, how um a lot of times um a, a female McKay is is basically written as Rodney in a dress. Um and um I you know, I don't agree um with that. I have read some really great female McKay stories um in, in Stargate. One of my favorites is the Lollyverse. Um and uh I I mean it's just great. It's just great. Um um, she's she's an awesome character, um, and um, I'm I'm really enjoy exploring Meredith um, as as a character on her own, um, but trying to keep the core of McKay in there, and it is a little difficult because the core of McKay um, is a is is a single white male um, in a male dominated society, so um, in a lot of ways McKay has. Um, a built-in entitlement Rodney does that Meredith does not. Um, so exploring that and trying to keep Rodney's core, um, it, it, it's a little difficult sometimes because um, there are gender issues in play um, that would have impacted Meredith's career Um and Meredith's life and, and how and, and, and the decisions that she made and the choices that she took and the path that she got that led her to the SGC, um, that would have been vastly different from Rodney's. Um, there are situations and people, um, and just for instance, the way um, Meredith and Sam Carter are with each other, um, because the first time Sam Carter meets Rodney, um, he's an adversary, but you can see, you can envision that the first time Sam Carter met Meredith, she's seeing not an adversary, but a kindred spirit, a um, a woman who is just as intelligent as she is, who is in a male-dominated um, um, profession, in a male-dominated environment, who um, who's really owning her game, and it it makes a difference. It your gender. Um, presentation um how you present yourself to the world uh really changes how um changes your path <coughs> and how you move <coughs> through the world and so writing Meredith is is vastly different than than writing Rodney and Meredith has a set of concerns that Rodney would never have And I explored those a little bit early on in the series about, you know, walking with your keys between your fingers and not parking next to a van and not going into stairwells and washing what you wear to a party and, and not putting your drink down. And um, these and these are things that we're taught that boys are not taught. Um, and, <coughs> you know, the thing is, is that Rodney has, has never um, um, really – had to um, 
face those kinds of situations. And so exploring Meredith that way, but trying to keep the core of Rodney is actually really difficult. So when you encounter um, Rule 63 fix in Stargate, um, or actually, honestly, in any fandom, I think it's important to keep in mind that... um, uh, that a lot of times, you know, riding a female Tony would be profoundly difficult. You can ride a short female t- Tony and, and not really, um, not really get challenged by it. You could just smooth it over. But if you wrote a long ass fic for Tony Denozo as a woman, um, um, the ramifications of being a woman, um, as a cop and then as a federal agent, um, Gibbs doesn't treat women the same way he treats men. Uh, I honestly don't think he trusts women the same way he trusts men. Uh, and so there's, there's lots of issues that you could see popping up in NCIS. <coughs> if Tony ended up at NCIS, um, as a woman that, uh, It's just just entirely different. It is really entirely different. Um, The fact of the matter is is that, um, well, there are lots of canon events that simply would not have happened. Um, uh, If Antonia, or whatever you want to end up calling female Tony, ends up at NCIS, she's not going to end up handcuffed to Jeffrey White. She's not going to end up in that sewer. She's, um, there are events that happen to Tony merely because he's male. And Gibbs is a sexist. I mean, um, (coughs) it's true enough. There's just lots of, um, there are few people on this planet more entitled in America than a white man. And that is the truth. So when you look at people like, um, um, that's, you know, honestly, that's probably true across the board. White men are so entitled. Men on the planet are so entitled, so ingrained in their authority um, that when you, when you think about um, stripping that, privilege from them and making them a woman. There is a whole new set of circumstances that you have to to deal with. And um so so writing that is um really interesting and it's really difficult. And so um I, I what I would say is that when you're reading um a Rule sixty three fic and um it does kind of feel like the author has um written I'm a male character with female pronouns. Um, just to keep in mind that it is profoundly difficult to walk that line between canon characterization um, and um, a new gender. I mean, it's just, it's really difficult. Um, so you should applaud their efforts, not disdain their product, is, is what I would say about that. Um, and so I, I put a lot of thought into Meredith after I was basically... Um, 
um, spite. I had a spiteful moment. Lady Holder still holding my coffee. Um, <laughs> but I did, I, I did do a lot of um, brainstorming about how Meredith would be in that world and how she would, um, um, move through the Stargate universe and and how her education would have been impacted by merely having a vagina. Because, hello. And there's a line where um, Meredith said that um, being a woman is not for pansies. And that is absolutely the truth. That is absolutely the truth. I think in order to write a, a, a female Tony, you would you would basically have to to redo their in, the the entire backstory to put her in NCIS. You would have to redo the whole backstory, um, and it would you know it would it was it would take a lot of world building from for me to do that. <coughs> and <coughs> so I probably wouldn't do it. Um, I'm I'm very attached to to, to female. McKay, though, I'm very attached to Meredith, and um, so uh, I can't see that series going on for a while. Um, and um, it's just I don't know. It's um, it's just something to think about. So um, be kind to other writers especially when you're commenting on my site there is honestly nothing more horrifying to me than for you to criticize another author as you praise me I'm so serious I'm so serious it's really profoundly offensive for you to insult another author in your efforts to praise me or uh, frankly any other author when I see you on a site going oh you did this so much better than any other author I've ever seen in fandom I want to give you the double bird come on just don't be an asshole I mean (laughs) is it really that difficult it is. It has to be that difficult because this world is full of assholes. I mean, maybe they just don't care. I mean, who am I to criticize? Uh, but what I would say about um, that thing with the 40 emails and the Facebook tagging <coughs> is that it's really interesting that um, to be on the receiving end of someone assuming that they're intentions are more important than my reactions to their actions. Does that make sense? That um, how I felt about their actions wasn't as important or in fact shouldn't have even mattered based on what um, they said their intention was.
Just saying. It's so self-centric. It, 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 you know, and people have often accused me of being um, self-centric and a little selfish. Um, and maybe that's true. Um, okay, that's kind of always true. But throw down a hard truth for fandom. Constructive criticism is a myth. There is no such thing as constructive criticism. You can give structured, requested, constructive feedback. But there is no such thing as constructive criticism. It's a myth. I have never in my life, not as a writer of 30 plus years, I have never in my life received constructive criticism. I have been edited within an inch of my life and received um, some amazing feedback um, and uh, because for me, when it comes to um, telling me, telling somebody they did something wrong without offering a solution isn't constructive. Offering feedback on or commenting on typos isn't constructive. It... it Feedback that valuable feedback should be thoughtful. Um, it should be engaging. It should be um, positive because you always, always get more. Um, you always get a better response out of somebody when you approach a situation from a positive perspective. Right, Edie? Right? Um, The definition of criticism, regardless of prefacing the word, the expression of disapproval of someone or something on the basis of perceived faults or mistakes. So again, constructive criticism is a myth. As a beta or as an alpha reader, I don't give constructive criticism because I don't think it exists. It's it's not real. It's um, criticism. It is in itself. It's such a negative experience for both for both of you, for the writer and the reader. It is a negative, terrible place to, to put yourself, um, and it doesn't it doesn't offer any kind of. Um, genuine engagement and best relationships you have with um with people who to who beta or edit or alpha read your work are people who engage you and your story they don't just say okay you've got typos here here and here you've um you need to you've got a plot hole here here and here um 
Cause that, cause it's more, it's more than that. Um, and if you're not capable of providing that kind of engagement, you really have no business whatsoever of offering any kind of feedback on somebody's story um, beyond thank you. And this was great. I love this. Those are acceptable forms of feedback um, when you're not invited to engage. When you're invited to engage, takes place in a private setting. <laughs> because again, again, that's the way it should be. Because it should be a a moment of engagement between two people, not a moment of engagement between two people in public being read by a thousand people. <coughs> it's just not... And the thing is, is there are a lot of writers in fandom who who seem to welcome this kind of attention, um, and maybe it's because any attention is good attention. I was reading something on AO3 the other night um, where um, the author, um, in their notes, commented um, that feedbacks equals gifts. Feedback equals gifts. I come from a place mentally and emotionally where I don't need that kind of validation or that kind of feedback. Um, do I enjoy the comments? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love to get comments. I love them, but I don't need them. Um, and, and there is a difference between um, need and want. Sure, I want my readers to be engaged. I, I, I want them to enjoy my work. But <coughs> I want them to let me know, hey, that was awesome. I love them. I love that. <clears throat> but it's not required, and I'm not going to cry if you don't, because I'm not built that way. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, this show is just all over the place. I don't even – I was going to put, like, a new um, – um, summary in it after I did it because I was going to like you know put an actual summary and maybe even change the title to something more appropriate but I just meandered my ass through um, different topics and I don't even know what I would say beyond what I've already said <laughs> one of my tags on the podcast is I hate people um, and I don't hate individual. I, that's not true. That is, I, I'm about to tell you a big ass fucking lie. I hate four or five, maybe ten people individually on this planet. I hate their guts. Maybe twenty. <laughs> I'm d- definitely ten. Definitely ten people. I hate their fucking guts. I literally would not piss on them if they were on fire. Um, I wouldn't piss on them regardless, I, I honestly, because I don't believe in a golden shower. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the golden shower actually exists. That's not what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I'm not even for the jellyfish. I'm not peeing on it. I'm not peeing on it. <laughs> I'm just not. Just not going to happen. Literally not going to happen. I just no. 
Not even for a jellyfish. I, I can't. I'm sorry. You got to get somebody else to pee on it. <laughs> Shit, I forgot what I was even talking about. Oh, I, I hate people. Um, so it's really genuinely not an individual thing except for those ten people. Um, it's just, I hate crowds lately, and I hate going to the store because there's too many people there, and school's out for fuck's sake, and all these kids are running around, and I'm like, oh my god. <sighs> and apparently, I've got a sweet ass. Zan, are you in the chat room? Are you in the chat room? There you are. <coughs> I almost accidentally wrote down an idea for um, Battle of the Five fandoms. Um, but I refrained because um, I have to pants it. So I haven't even... I'm, I'm not going to make any kind of decisions about my idea until I get ready in my project file. I'm going to pants the fuck out of it. So I thought about you because I was like, oh, that would be a great one. Oh, shit. No, I have to pants it. You don't have to pants it. I have to pants it. Um, It's a point of honor. Right, Zan? (coughs) I think that was after you went to the movies. Um, um, Xander accidentally challenged me in the chat room to um I don't think she thinks that I'm capable of, of dancing <laughs> a challenge. So um I'm just I'm I'm playing with you, Zan. You know that right? I hope because you're not commenting, so I hope you know I'm 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 playing with you. But I am gonna pants it. I am. Um but it but it won't be your fault if I if I if I fuck it up. <laughs> There's no bet. Just me being an asshole. <clears throat> but it's not going to be Zan's fault if I fuck it up. It's mine. But if it's awesome, then Zan can take credit. Absolutely. Just just no blame. <coughs> At any rate, I haven't even picked fandom. I have refrained. Because originally, I was I thought I was going to write something, but um, I decided I was going to do, that, some, do, some, to do something different with that. Um, so I don't have a fandom. I don't have any kind of idea. Um, I don't even know what it's going to be, whether it's going to be like a mystery or a suspense or a revenge fic. Or it could be time travel. I haven't even decided. I have decided nothing. If I didn't have to sign up, I absolutely would decide the moment of the first word. I would. I absolutely would if I didn't have to sign up. Um, but I think even for my sign-up, I'm just going to have a title um, and um, just the stuff and, like, a one-sentence summary. Like one of those terrible question summaries <laughs> that make me want to shoot people when I see them. <laughs> Tune in and find out. <laughs> oh, God. 
God. Do me a favor. Do me a favor, guys. Do not ever put tune in and find out on your fucking summaries on AO3 because it gives me so tickled I can't read your shit. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's the funniest shit I see on AO3. It's fucking hilarious, and I absolutely cannot read it. Um, But, yeah, I'm not going to take out a fandom um, until um, I have to sign up which is going to be on, um, I'm going to sign up on the last day, um, and I'm not going to do my project file until the day it's due, which will be the 25th, um, and then um, I'll start writing on July 1st, and uh, I have no idea. None. I can pants. This is how I got into this situation, Lady Holder. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's important to um to expand your skill set and um I am perfectly capable of panting. It's not my comfort zone. Um but I've done it. Um there are projects on my site that, that were pantsed. Um Birth of the Serpent King being the most um prominent in my brain. Um, and honestly, Birth of the Serpent King isn't all that different from first draft to third draft. I mean, there's probably like five or six hundred words difference between my first draft and my third draft for Birth of the Serpent King. So I changed very little. Um, and I did pants that novel. Um, I also pantsed um, that old black magic. But <laughs> that old black magic um, had some distinct changes from draft one to draft three because um, I had a, some, I had a, whoa, I had a, I had a huge motherfucking plot hole in draft one. Um, absolutely not. <laughs> It was terrible. <laughs> There's a huge plot hole. Like, oh god, look at that plot hole. It's, it's like a sinkhole. It was a plot hole so big, I'm surprised my whole damn story didn't sink down into it and beg for relief. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to um, the the challenge of of pantsing um, episodes of a story that I don't know what I'm going to write in a fandom I'm unsure of with characters I don't know yet. I don't know who I'm going to... No, I got, I got nothing. Nothing. Are you listening, Zan? Are you listening? I have nothing. Although, honestly, because I am going to pants it, I probably will play it safe and pick a fandom I'm very comfortable with. Um... Holy shit. That sinkhole looks like it goes through the whole world. <laughs> it's just like... <coughs> um, the Lollyverse. Uh, it's got to be on my bookmarks. Or is it Lally? 
It's Lally, L-A-L-L-Y. Um, it's written by Lady Cat, 777. And I'm giving you a link in the chat room. Um, you'll want to scroll down to the very bottom of that tag and start there because you know how um, tags work on live journals. You'll want to go down to the very bottom to get the first story. But I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite um, um, stories in Stargate. Rule 63 or not. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, <clears throat> Dan, there you are. Yeah, I don't have anything. I have nothing. But I, like I was saying... Um, I do think that I'll probably pick. Oh my God, that that's like the end of the world sinkhole. We we can't look at pictures like that. That's just terrible. Let's not show any more pictures of Earth's vagina. <laughs> that was just really. <laughs> that was just, oh, oh God, I'm gonna hurt myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I probably will pick a fandom that I'm very comfortable in if I'm going to be pantsing. So it'll probably be Stargate. Um, We shall see. But yeah. Pantsing. Yeah, exactly. How is it almost perfectly round? That is so weird. <coughs> what the fuck have they been doing under there? Regardless, um, <coughs> my my cold is uh, my cough is actually um getting really bad. So, um, I'm gonna cut this show short so I can take some medicine um that I can't take and do my podcast at the same time because it's uh. Uh, my doctor gave me a narcotic <laughs> cough medicine, um, and it's great, but I can't be on my podcast while I'm on that shit. You can take partial credit, but no blame if it sucks. Google Images is singularly the best and worst thing to ever happen to the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you guys have a great night, and um, hopefully we'll do a podcast tomorrow, and um, I'll think of an actual topic and um, uh, try to spend at least 30 minutes on it, as one does. Uh, Catch you later. Shut up and sit down.